Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. You're going to have to build a building somewhere. But I've always trusted God, and I know He's in control. I'm going to read from Matthew, the 22nd chapter, and the 36th verse. And we miss your pastor and his wife. I haven't got to be here while he's been pastor, but uh, great people. We love them, and we have connection with their families for many, many years since Pastor Aaron Bounds was small. And, uh, but I'm glad they get to get away today. Matthew 22 and 36 through 40. Master, which is the great commandment in the law. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is, unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for your word that it's anointed. Thank you for everyone that's gathered here. We pray for the anointing today. Touch us, Lord, with your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. Been a lot of water over the under the bridge since we've been here. And uh, we're just weeks from away from retiring from being pastor, and uh, I'm excited about that. I've been pastoring a long, long time, and and have to put up with people so much, <laughs> and they had to put up with me so much. <laughs> uh, when I left Glen Ferris, there was so much crying going on, and I cried, and they all cried, and somebody said, that's awful. I said, well, it had been terrible if nobody cried. I have known pastors to leave, and everybody was happy when they left. <laughs> I told them, I said, if I kick the bucket, I want you to at least cry for a little while. Don't, don't grieve real long, but cry for a little while. <laughs> at least I hope she misses me if I go before she goes. <laughs> but I'm glad to be in the church. I've, I've been in the church since 1968. That's a long time. And I serve a wonderful, powerful God. And if I would die today, I don't have any regrets. God's been good to me. I've had a blessed life. I grew up in Hala, McDonough, West Virginia. I don't even know if you could find it on the map. It's just a Hala, one way in, one way out. We bought our first house in Powhatan, and that was below McDonough. And if there was a fire up the Hala, the fire truck went up, there was nothing to do. And everybody, bunches of cars would go and cause a horrible traffic jam just to see the fire. <laughs> we didn't even have a stop sign. But we just, and you could, you could literally in places stand on one mountain and hit the other one with the rock. I'm, I know the first house that Debbie and I bought, the sun came up at 10 and it was gone at 2. The mountains were so steep, but uh, I, I was, I was uh, a son of a coal miner, 
and dad, dad worked hard, had 12 kids. Can you imagine having 12 children? Sleeping three and four at a bed and three boys in the bathtub at the same time. We grew up, uh, we didn't know we were, we were poor. Somebody said they had a silver spoon in their mouth. Well, I had a shiny one. I don't know about the silver. I don't think it was silver, but uh, <laughs> but we grew a great big garden just to make it. And you, you might think, well, you tell me that. I don't really know, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> but we grew, we had to grow a big garden just to feed uh, the family. And uh, every Saturday morning during planting season, I had to be up on Saturday morning hoeing the corn and hoeing the tomatoes and hoeing the potatoes. Just I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of playtime on Saturday when we were planting. And then we used to, we had a big slate dump behind our house where there was a coal mines and they'd dump the refuge out. And, and we'd go up there, it'd been closed like 50 years, and we'd dig through that and pick up pieces of copper and pieces of metal. And then we'd take an axe and a sledgehammer and cut up automobiles when they actually had frames under them then. I have held the axe until... I couldn't let go of the axe. I couldn't throw it out of my hand. And I, I thought about the guy in the scripture. He cracked so many skulls with a, with a sword that he had to pry his fingers off of there. I know how that feels. To, but but we, grew up, we grew up in a good home. And my mom, she loved the Lord. And uh, we didn't have everything that we needed. I, how many remembers an outhouse? Oh. I don't feel too old then. Look at the hands. I remember having a wash tub in the kitchen and, and uh, taking a bath. But you know what? We had, we had the love of a good mom and dad and a mom that served God. Dad didn't come into the church till I was a teenager, but uh, we grew up. We had to raise chickens and hogs and and we hunted squirrels and rabbits, so we'd have meat on the table. And, uh, but we grew up going to church when I was a very young age. And, uh, and we learned simple principles of life. We did. There's, there's no wrong time to do right things. And there's no right time to do wrong things. And mom and dad taught us morals. They didn't even have to teach us if we was a boy or a girl. We just learned that by ourselves. But this, this world is so messed up. <laughs> Praise God. But there is a rule in life. You're either growing or you're dying. You have to decide what you want to do. A tree is either growing or it's dying. Grass is either growing or it's dying. A marriage is either growing or it's dying. Praise God. A person is either growing or they're dying. And age doesn't have anything to do with it. It is condition of the mind. Amen. Praise God. I want to keep growing in Christ. Even yeah. if I'm retired, I want to keep on. I want to try to do what's right. I want to, Dad always said, whatever you do, do the best you can. Anything worth doing is worth doing well. Praise God. And I understood that you can't take your car to heaven. You can't take your house to heaven. You can't take your bank account. But you can take your children to heaven with you. Yeah. Noah stood on the deck of that old boat. 
And he watched all of his children walk up that gangplank, and they were saved from that raging flood. I'm glad I've got two boys that are preachers of the gospel. I'd rather for them to be a preacher than anything else I know. And I want to be able to spend eternity with them. And I'm glad that they've been taught in the house of the Lord that the main thing is to keep your heart right. To love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart and all of your mind. How many wants to fall in love with Jesus today? We used to sing a song, Oh, I want to see him look up on his face. How many remembers that song? There to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory. Tears all past, home at last. Oh, yes, I want to see Jesus. And I know it has to be a condition in my heart. My heart has to be right. It hasn't always been right. I felt like David of old when he, when he said that, that my sin is, is heavier than the hairs of my head. But I also hear him say, my heart is fixed, oh God. And I'm here to tell you today, you're in the right place to have your heart repaired today. Praise God. There was a young boy. When he's born, when he was born, he's kin to your pastor, and uh, he had some birth defects, and uh, he didn't have an ear canal, and he had a bad heart. They had to go in before birth and do heart surgery, and and after he was born, the doctor was telling him, telling him about his ear and and about his heart, and they said, uh, his aunt said, uh, uh, doctor. Can you fix his ear so he can hear? And the doctor said, Ma'am, if the heart's not right, nothing else matters. We're not going to worry about his hearing until we get his heart fixed. You see, today, if your heart's not right, nothing in the world matters. I want to be like David. Create within me a clean heart, oh God. Praise God. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17 and 9, the heart is deceitfully and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I've heard people say, well, I'm just going to follow my heart. You'll end up in hell too. A hypocrite is right in his own eyes, the Bible says. I don't want to follow my heart because it will lead me astray. David said, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart, and I will show forth all of his marvelous works. He said in 26 and 2, Examine me, O Lord, and prove me, and try my reins in my heart. I want the Lord to try my reins. I repented early this morning. I wake up, I guess it's an old thing. I wake up, wee hours of the night, try to go back to sleep. Fluff my pillow, turn on my side, flop and turn till finally it's it. Forget it, I'm getting up. <laughs> but I find it's a good time to talk to Jesus. And every time I try to get on my knees and say, God, I want you to forgive me of all of my sins and all of my faults and all of my failures. I want my heart right with you. I want to be more like you. I want to be like Jesus today. Do you want to see Jesus? Amen. 
Praise God. We have to keep our heart right. We have to keep the main thing the main thing. It doesn't matter if you're skinny or fat or tall or short. The Bible says man looks on the outside, God looks on the heart. The Bible says the fat belongs to the Lord anyway, so we got, we got an advantage here this morning. Because I'm about 40 pounds smaller than I was when I was here last time. Thank God. He asked me how I done it. I said, well, I eat to live. I don't live to eat anymore. You have to learn to keep your priorities in order. And you know, the Bible talks about people being incontinent. It's talking about that they don't have the will to do the right thing. You have to learn to control your, your appetite no matter what it's for. Physical appetite's terrible. It is. It's terrible. I had the night before last, I wanted vanilla ice cream so bad I couldn't hardly stand it. I settled for a celery stick. Was that satisfying? Absolutely not. But when I walked by the candy bars in the store, I'd love to have a Mounds bar chilled. You know what I'm talking about. The spirit's willing, the flesh is weak. Praise God. But there's other things that, that our, our carnal flesh craves. And people are totally out of control. And I understand the reason is because they don't have that inward man in submission to the Holy Ghost. But I want to walk like Jesus and talk like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. Find yourself holding a grudge. You ever held a grudge? I have. I've had people to do bad things to, well, if I'd have seen their their name in the obituary, I'd have probably went, yes. You know what I had to do? I had to get in the altar and say, God, I don't want to be like that. I've had people do so bad things to me. And and I had to go to the church because I wanted to, I wanted to get revenge. How many's ever wanted to get revenge? I worked in the coal mines. I've greased some telephones. Had a prissy boss. He was so prissy. He was so lazy. <laughs> You'd have to run the machine around him. He wouldn't even move his legs and in that narrow place in the mines. So I greased up the telephone and told the guy outside, I want you to call for the boss here in a few minutes. And he said, why? I said, don't matter why. <laughs> Ooh, I shouldn't be telling you this. <laughs> and so I sat back to watch. And he called inside. And that, the top was only about his high, so you had to duck walk. He walked over there and grabbed that phone. He said, hello. Man, he got an earful of that red grease. <laughs> he got so mad, he said, I know who done it. And he went through the door, crawled through a man door and went over there. And he, when he came back, he was soaked head to foot. He said, I went over and whipped both of those guys that done that. <laughs> they, they drug him through a mud hole. I didn't say I didn't do it, but I sure didn't say I done it. 
But some, but I've had, I've had the desire to get revenge before because what the person done to me was terrible and I caught him. But instead of doing what I wanted to do, I came through the side door of the church and got in the altar and I said, God, I don't want that root of bitterness to get in my heart, but Lord, I want to love that person. Jesus was hanging on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It's easy to have a bitter heart. And I've seen people, I've heard them say, man, nobody can carry a grudge like I can. I don't want to be a grudge carrier. One of the greatest compliments I ever had is a lady said, man, you really are good at forgiving people. And I thought, I want to forgive because I want him to forgive me. The Bible says, if, if, if I want to obtain mercy, I have to be merciful. In our little town, it was in the, the top uh, most uh, speed traps in America. And I started to tell the cop, do you believe in God? Do you believe in the Bible? And if he said yes, I was going to say, well, you know, however strict you are on the people you stop, that's how strict God's going to be on you in judgment. And I told my son David that after he pastored, and he said, Dad, I did tell him that. You better be careful how judgmental you are and how rough you are with people because it's going to come back to bite you. Johnny Cash sang a song, that old wheel's going to roll around again. But I know some of you know that song. That old wheel's going to roll around once more. When it does, it's going to even up the score. The Bible says you're going to reap what you sow. But I tell you what, I want this heart to be right. I want it to be right. Praise God. The Bible says, shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not upon thine own understanding. The Bible says heaviness in the heart maketh man to stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. You can carry around all that mess and it'll just make you angry all the time. Have you ever seen anybody that's always mad? I don't like to be around people like that. They have a, a, a hair trigger and they're just apt to bite your head off all the time. But this little thing inside us today, it weighs probably about a pound, and it's about as big as your fist, and it beats about 70 times a minute for a, a normal person. And then it pumps five quarts of blood every 60 seconds. It does enough work in an hour to lift 1.5 tons more than a foot off the ground. But it's a fragile little thing. How many's ever had chest pains? I have. I had chest pains for about eight weeks one time. And I got so sick of it, I walked up a steep mountain until my heart felt like it was going to beat out of my chest. And uh, I thought, hmm, I gave myself a stress test. You're pretty aggravated when you do something that stupid. Praise God, because when your heart rate gets up, to about 160, 170. If you have any blockages, you're going to have a massive heart attack. <laughs> but I don't want to wait for a stress test to find out if my heart is right. Because when you feel pain in your chest or in your left arm or you have shortness of breath, it's time to see a specialist. 
Praise God. I, I want to have a specialist work on my heart if I need it worked on. See my finger, how crooked it is? Actually, since I've been here, I cut these two off, and I cut this one almost in two, shattered the bone, broke, messed the tendon up, and I went to a doctor that was just a general surgeon and not a specialist, and he, I, I went back about three or four days later. I said, I got my bandage wet. Can you change it? And they said, yeah, and they took it off. I said, my finger's crooked. The nurse said, oh, I don't think so. I said, yes, it is. It's crooked. And so the doctor came in, the surgeon came in. I said, my finger's crooked. He said, yeah, it's about 10 degrees off on rotation. <laughs> but I'd leave it. He said, of course, I don't pick a banjo either. Ha, 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 I wanted to go, what? <laughs> and I thought, that's what I get for going to a non-specialist. <laughs> I went to a specialist since then. He straightened it up, but it's still crooked this way. So January the 3rd, he's going he's gonna to fix it where I can close it all the way. But he's a specialist. It was my fault for going to the wrong kind of doctor. I mean, you, if you've got bad heart conditions spiritually today, you can't smoke pot and get it fixed. You can't go like a lot of people do and get you a quart of Jack Daniels and fix everything. It's kind of like a pacifier that a baby has. Do they call them pacifiers in, in Ohio? Mm. I remember when, when your bishop, he was little. He didn't care for him. Is Aaron that didn't like it? David didn't like it. You stick it in David's mouth, he'd go, <clears throat> but Aaron, mm, took a long time to break him. You know what? They can suck on that thing so long to finally it hits their little brain. There ain't no milk coming out of there. They want some real stuff. I mean, you can go out in the world and get pacified for a while, but it, it's going to come into your mind, that's not fixing my major problem. I've got to have the real thing. Praise God. The gospel is simple. It's simple and it's plain. Repent. Jesus said, except you repent, you'll all die in your sins. And be baptized, every one of you. Praise God. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and I like what it says, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to carry around the weight of sin anymore. You might be full of guilt and shame today, but I'm here to tell you that His grace is greater than your guilt. That blood flow down Calvary's tree, it'll cleanse you from all of your sin. Woo! Hallelujah! Man, your pastor was preaching one place and, and, and one guy jumped up and man, he got a touch from God and he said, damn the devil! He didn't know what to say. Another guy said, hot dog! The devil is going to be damned. I ain't cussing. I mean, that guy, he, he wanted to put the guilt where the guilt belonged after he found God. He didn't know all the religious terms, but something happened on the inside that caused him to change. He'll make you like you've never been before. Amen. Praise God. We had a girl that came 
to the Lord. Well, she used to come to church in Glen Ferris. I walked, I walked up on this steep hill, Tater Hill. It's so steep that you would need four-wheel drive in the summertime to get up it. And I went up there and knocked on about five doors. And one guy said, man, anybody come up here? I got to go to church one time. He was a backslidden Church of God preacher. He came, and I baptized 18 of them in the river. Praise God. His daughter-in-law, his daughter-in-law was so rough-looking. She just, she just looked like she'd been there and done everything. Her, her ex-husband had put drugs in her baby's bottle to keep her quiet and ruined the baby's brain. Lived a, a life full of agony and misery. And she came to the Lord and God filled her with the Holy Ghost and I baptized her. She came back the next week and I said, oh, we have a new lady here today. It wasn't a new lady, Brother Giovanni. No, it was that same girl, but she had a different heart. She had a transplant. Praise God. She had a transplant. The Lord changed her. She wasn't even recognizable. I'm telling you what, he'll pick you up out of miry clay and set your feet on a solid rock and establish your goings. Woo, he'll put a song in your heart. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's nobody like Jesus in all the earth. It was incredible how that girl changed when God touched her heart. Man, he can change you today. For the remission of your sins. Somebody asked me. They said, are you telling me that all you have to do after you've lived a life, a rough life, is come to the altar and, and ask God to forgive you of your sins and repent of your sins and then get baptized in, in Jesus' name and all your sins are gone? I said, that is exactly what I'm talking about. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's not by works lest we should boast, but it's by that blood that ran down that old rugged tree. He said, come unto me, all you that are weak and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden's light. He paid the price on that old rugged cross. Man, you can feel guilty today. You can feel guilty today. You know, heart disease is a number one killer of people, even in this day and time. Praise God. It's caused by... When your arteries get hard or you have high blood pressure or maybe a faulty valve or a heart murmur, praise God. But when, you, when you're having those symptoms, you need to go get checked out. There was a, a coach in Montgomery High School, and he was a young man, and he went to the Charleston Memorial Hospital or and he went in, and they checked his heart, and, and he came out and sat in the car, and, and he, he told his wife, said, I'm leaving here exactly the way I came, and, and he laid back and dropped dead. They couldn't detect it. They couldn't detect it. But I'm here to tell you, when conviction falls in the church, it's a heart detector. I remember in 1968, I was 12 years old, and the preacher preached, and I felt, I felt that tug in my heart. 
tears started welling up in my eyes and and I didn't understand everything, but, but all I knew was I felt a tugging at my heart and Jesus was saying, come on down to the altar. Man, and I got up out of that chair and I went to the altar. I was so backward I couldn't even give a book report. But I got in the altar and I repented of my sins and I'll never forget all those years that's gone by, that feeling I got when I went to the altar, I got up and I thought, I feel lighter than I used to be. Man, those burdens are rolled away. How many sins can a 12-year-old have? Praise God. But I felt like a brand new person. Then they took me down to Trouble Beach and baptized me. Man, I was, 50, I, was uh, I think, 16 Debbie got baptized. She just came into the church. She grew up in another church, and she came in, and and uh, we got baptized. And there was ice on the water. Whoo, man, that water was cold. We never got sick. Baptizes in the river in Jesus' name and Trouble Beach, and washed our troubles away. Then on November the 16th, 1971, I was praying for the Holy Ghost and an old brother Garlitz laid hands on me and began to prophesy and I began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. I was so shy I couldn't even give a book report in school. Debbie would walk by when I was in, in I'll be standing in the hall like, like all the dudes do. Just she walked by and go, my face would turn as red as his shirt. I was so backward. I was so backward. But you know what? I remember the day, the night after I got the Holy Ghost, I went to church and, and I was sitting back there and the Holy Ghost coming that place and I began to start dancing. Woo! Woo! And as soon as I reached out, after the Spirit of the Lord eased up, I thought, <laughs> Then it happened again. I danced again. Tell it happened so many times it didn't embarrass me anymore. You know what happened? Something changed on the inside of me. He created in me a brand new heart. Paul said, I'm not what I used to be. I don't love the things I used to love. I don't go where I used to go. I don't do what I used to do. But I'm a changed person. Through the blood of Calvary. Somebody said, well, I couldn't live without all this. Oh, yes, you could. Man, you don't have to quit dancing. You just switch partners. My wife, she used to go to the teen club and dance every Friday and Saturday night. And her mom, they called her, her mom, the teenage grandma. She'd come in dancing. I can't dance, to tell you the truth. I got two left feet, just like Pastor Aaron Bounds. Now, David would sneak off and go dancing. Before he got the Holy Ghost, <laughs> him and his mom, still the grandkids will come and dance. They'll dance all over the dining room with her. They don't pick me because I can't do it. But I'm telling you what, she didn't quit dancing. She just changed partners. I remember the day she got the Holy Ghost in that little country church, a little bit smaller than this, but it changed her completely. She was criticized at school. She was laughed at and she was made fun of, but it didn't matter because the experience was better than the bad experience she got when she was in school. Hallelujah. I'm glad that I've got Jesus on the inside. And I like to feel like I feel when I feel like I feel right now. 
I don't feel like I'm 67 years old. I'm pushing 70, but I feel, man, I feel as young as you today. I told a story a long time ago, but most of you weren't here, a whole lot of you. My grandma, my mom would help grandma in the church. She was a crippled, she crippled bent over little 82-year-old woman. She, she'd bring her in, mom be holding her, and I'd watch her. I'd be sitting on the platform, and she'd go, whoop. And I thought, that's how you spell relief right there. <laughs> then we'd start singing, singing those old wonderful songs. Praise God. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. She knows she was getting ready to go. But she'd jump up and start going, whoop, 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 whoop. Dance like a teenager. Then after church, here she go back, mom leading her to the car again. But you know what? Something happens when you get in the presence of God Almighty. Woo, hallelujah. He can bring some youth back to you. An old brother was 92 years old, Asbury Hurley. And, man, he'd get up, he'd out dance to teenagers. he said, say, I'm not looking for a hole in the ground. I'm looking for a hole in the sky. <laughs> Praise God. Woo. You feel what I feel? I'm telling you what, if he changes your heart, it's going to change your way of thinking. Praise God. I've seen people have a heart attack. I was at the gas station one day, and a, and a guy wrecked right in front of the gas station. And uh, two guys, the mine foreman and, and another guy was right behind him, and they stopped. And, and I, I, I looked at him, brother, and, and uh, the guy was sitting in his car, and all of us had been through class. And, and they were pushing his chest, and the seat was just going. It wasn't compressing his chest. In order to get the heart to beat, you've got to compress that heart to get it to pump blood. And, and they should have drug him out of the car, laid him on the asphalt, and then applied pressure and massaged his heart. But he died there because nobody there knew how to administer CPR. I guess I should have ran out and said, get out of the way, you're not doing it right. But he died there. One lady that I used to pastor, I, I went over to her one day and I said, Sister, she was sitting back about the third row, I said, I don't even feel a pulse, girl. I've had you in spiritual ICU for three or four years now. And if you don't get in the altar, you're about dead. She cried for three or four days. And she kind of got over it coldest fish I've ever seen. Incredibly, nothing would touch her. Just for about three days. But but she didn't she didn't pray through. Man, you know when you're you know when you're bad shape. You know you better than than anybody knows you. When you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror, that's the person you have to please. Because you know your shortcomings and you know your downfalls. Some of you here today, and you're you're oppressed by the devil. You're you're bound by worry, and you you have anger has a grip on you, or 
you have self-pity or a jealous spirit. Praise God, do you continually feel depressed or sorry for yourself? I'm here to tell you today, you, your burdens can be lifted at Calvary. He can take that frown and turn it upside down and put a smile on your face. Joy in your heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. He carried my sins to the cross. He carried my, my burdens to the cross. He carried by his stripes when they whipped him on that old whipping post. He hung there that I could be healed of my infirmities. But if I never get healed again, I'm telling you what, I'm glad I've been to Calvary. Honey, won't you come to the keyboard quickly? I can say I've seen the Lord. Praise God. Is your heart, how is your heart today? If your heart's not right, there's nothing matters. Won't we stand across this congregation today? And if you'd bow your head and, and, and reverence the Lord by closing your eyes today. Thank you, Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Can you say that? Come into my heart. Lord Jesus, come in today. Please come in. Come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. The Bible says that salvation is so plain that a child can understand. Somebody asked a little girl, they asked a class, said, what does it mean to repent? And the little girl spoke up and said, it means to be sorry enough that you're going to quit doing what you were doing. That's a good definition of repentance. But when you repent of your sins, that sin becomes dead and dormant. But when you're baptized in Jesus' name, baptism is a burial and it's a washing. The Bible calls it washing of the water of the Word. That you're buried with Him in baptism and then you rise to walk in newness of life. When you're baptized, you're baptized into Jesus Christ. And then when you receive the Holy Ghost, that's Christ inside of you. But it's no big problem today. Repent. Man, we've all, we've all been to the altar just about in this place. Well, can we just fill this altar up today? And if there's no room in the altar these front seats or the other seats, won't we just come and pray? That way you won't be pointed out, but you you can feel free to bow on your knees today and say, Lord Jesus, I need my heart fixed today. Over and over and over I've prayed, God, I need you to fix my heart today. Oh, come in. Come into stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Anybody else want to come and pray today? Come on, saints, it don't mean you're backslid. Come into my heart, oh, come in, 
into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in. Come in to stay. Oh, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Oh, come into my heart. Can you pray that right now? Lord, I want you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and wash me clean and I'll be whiter than snow. Oh, Lord Jesus, come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart. Lord Jesus, oh, come in to my heart. Come into my heart. Yes, come into my heart. Lord Jesus, come in today. Come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord today. God, we love you and we praise you. Thank you for your blood that you shed on Calvary. Thank you that you've cleansed me from my sins and washed my sins away. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming in to stay. Oh, God, you're wanting to come in folks' hearts today, Lord. My heart, Lord Jesus. Well, there is power, power, wondrous working power in the blood. Won't you sing it with us? Of the Lamb. Oh, thank God there's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, thank God there's power, power, wondrous-working power. It's in the blood. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.